Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hour three. It feels just like we just got started. You're listening to Talking Metal Live. And if you're listening to the podcast, you're listening to a new one. It's hour three. Here's Mark and John. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. If you're listening to the podcast version, absolutely. We are going to get right into an interview right now. Hey, Rick, are you on the line? Yes, I am. What's up, guys? Hey, Rick. Uh, guys, you listeners, this is Rick DeLuca, my old buddy from Berkeley and the drummer of Spread Eagle. Rick, how you doing, man? Great to talk to you. Same here. Doing well, doing well. Driving right now to a recording session with another project I am with, in with um, Rob DeLuca, the bass player for uh, Spread Eagle. Also, he plays with Sebastian Bach and UFO, and um, that band is called Up Earth, which is... Um, Great stuff, really great material, um, on the very um, trippy type, uh, a lot of improv um, stuff, which you can um, get free download at um, November Records, which Spread Eagle as well is on, which is um, spelled uh, L-O-V-E-B-E-M-B-E-R.com. And you guys can, anybody can go there and... Um, um, get a free download of the of Earth record. Also, Split Eagle's first album, um, which was remastered, is available for sale there as well. Very Ooh, cool. And, right? and is that in download form, or is that just uh, available for sale as a CD? That, that's download form. Excellent, excellent. Well, we will link, we'll put those links up uh, in the show notes for people who are listening to the podcast version of the show right right now. And, yeah. And so, John, and wh- where did you guys first meet? Well, Rick and I first met, I think, at the Hemingway dorm at Berkeley back in uh, 1987, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, and, that's true. And Rick and I were both drummers. Rick, who was your original, like, who were your private teachers at Berkeley? 
Well, I had um, mainly was Tommy Campbell, um, who I studied underneath. Um, he turned me on to a lot of fusion, funk, and Latin drumming. You know, go, going in there, I was definitely into the metal stuff. You know, and uh, you know Berkeley, um, like they say for drummers, you go in there as a drummer, you come out a musician. Uh, and that's what pretty much happened to me. You know, uh, he definitely put me through the ringer. That's for sure. Yeah. You now, know? did you um, have any double bass classes with Skip Haddon? No, I didn't do any of that. I heard it was fabulous, though. I heard he was great. Yeah, he was a cool guy. Um, what was your major up at Berkeley? My major um, was music education. Cool. And. Um, Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, and you're doing a ton of stuff. In addition to playing with, with all these different bands, you have a ton of music education projects going on, which we talked about earlier, and I want you to tell everybody about that. And uh, one of uh, your students that is uh, you know, a friend of the show is Jeff Fab from In This Moment. Yes, a very good friend of mine. I've, I gave him lessons for many years. Uh, he lived down the street from me. Um, I'm some years older than him, and... Um, he uh, hunted me out and wanted to take some lessons, and we just became very good friends, and I taught him for a couple of years, and he moved out to L.A. and did his thing, and uh, he came back home to Long Island um, over the past few years, and we'd get together on a you know daily basis over at my recording studio, and we'd write our own originals and just hang out all the time. You know, great guy. And we talk um, pretty much twice a week, even though he's, he's on tour. Um, we do a lot of uh, speaking and uh, getting together, you know, and it's uh, it's great that he's doing so well in his project. You know, I'm very happy for him. I know he's doing a lot of work at it, you know. Cool. And tell us about that education, the really cool thing you guys are doing for kids. Okay. Um, I teach out of a, a private music school called the Rock Underground in Belmore, Long Island. Um. And what we do is um, I, I teach bass, guitar, and drums out of this school. And what we're doing is teaching kids the, fu the fundamentals of rock. You know, I know a lot of kids are into a lot of the newer music, and there's a lot of great stuff out there, but there's a lot of not-so-good stuff out there. So we're, we're giving them the basics of, um, you know, The Who, The Led Zeppelin, The Rolling Stone, The Kiss, The, the ACDC, um, The Stooges, everything of the originalities of um, when you hear a certain style of music um, or a band particularly back from that era, you knew who that band was when you heard that music being played on the radio. And what we do is we take um, players, and at their proficiency level, we put them into bands, and we get them to learn these cover songs and help them write their own originals. And by doing that, we get once they get a set together, we actually put on shows, so they can actually see the the inner workings of being in a band, the the. the behind the scenes, the hard work that it takes besides the rehearsals and getting along with individuals in the bands, the actual getting to the show early, doing the sound check, the setting up, and, you know, the, everything that goes into detail of uh, being in a, in a rock band, you know? That's cool. And 
Yeah, it's very cool. And very rewarding as well because you see them go from a baby stage and them actually performing their shows and getting there, making sure all the cables are working and backing up, having a backup guitar and a backup cables in case something doesn't work at the, at the show itself, how to rectify these situations that you're not stuck at the gig, you know? I really like what you were talking about when we talked earlier and you told me that, you know, when you hear Alex Van Halen's snare drum, you know that that's him and you know that's a Van Halen tune. And 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 if there weren't for people like you teaching kids about this stuff, they I, I don't think they'd know it. And and I don't think they'd know what to do on a gig when your strings break or your bass drum pedal, you know, the screws fall out. You know, what do you do? And and you're really giving the kids the education I think that all musicians should have. I think it's very important, you know, it's like when you hear this stuff back in, in, you know, if I go back, you know, throughout the, you know, history of music, you know, if you heard something on the radio right away, you knew exactly what band that was. You could tell, okay, that's Eddie Van Halen's guitar sound, or that's Ingrid Malmsteen playing from this style, or that's Alex Van Halen's snare drum sound and, and its frequencies of his cymbals that um, they worked on and got that for his own individuality. And I find, unfortunately, uh, in this day and age, a lot, it's like cookie cutter. I, I hear a lot. I mean, there's some great stuff out there, and there's a lot of bands that definitely do have their own identity. However, I, I do hear a lot of, of newer music that I can't tell one from the other, unfortunately. And it's the, the digital recording process. You know, a lot of stuff... Um, it sounds overly compressed, the frequencies, I'm hearing a lot of distortion, um, as opposed to um, the reel-to-reel -reel tape compression. When you have that reel-to-reel -reel recording, you get that nice tape compression, that warmer tone, and I think kids get, that becomes the norm, and they don't know what's, you know, that becomes good to them. They think that sounds, the audio, um, the audio is, is great, and they're not used, and then they don't hear what a real-to-real -real tape recording sounds like of actually hearing the room sound of the drums, and you can really hear the sonic production as opposed to, you know, um, the digital recording in this day and age. And I think that loses a lot of identity because you can't capture and hear the sonicness of the frequencies of the actual drum set or the vocals breathing right. and, you know. No, no doubt mean, about it, Rick. Hey, Rick, hey, Rick uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, people like Neil Young have actually gone as far as to say that because the music doesn't sound as good, specifically rock music, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in this new digital world, that, that it actually, you know, besides all the illegal downloading and stuff, which is obviously hurting the, the music business, but, but Neil oh. Young has, has actually thought, said that he thinks that, that, that these MP3s, they just don't have the personality and, and sound quite as great as the vinyl used to. And he actually feels that that has devalued music in, in, in its, its own way, in addition to, you know, the, the, fact that people are stealing it and stuff online. Do you agree with that? Sure, I definitely agree with that. I mean, think about it. Anybody can buy a, um, a Mac, um, and I have nothing against it because I have that in my studio myself because I can't afford a two-inch tape machine. However, uh, anybody can buy the software and record their, their stuff, and they get out there, and I think that's great, a great tool. 
But what's happening is it's 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 going out there. People are finding it that that's becoming the norm. The quality of recording, um, free download, the piracy is, is tremendous. I mean, once it gets out there, you know, you don't even have to buy it really anymore. I mean, you can go on YouTube. And um, every album is thrown up there, and uh, if you'd like, you save it, and you burn it, and you just send it to your friends. And it definitely um, killed, the, killed the record companies. There's hardly any major labels, and if there are, they're not, they're not very rarely are they signing a lot of new acts. And if they are signing a new act, you have to be something exceptional or something extremely different that they feel they're going to make a lot of money on you, you know? Right, right. Go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was was just going to say, on a a different topic, I wanted to kind of get into Spread Eagle and how you actually hooked up with them. Yes, uh, okay, Spread Eagle, uh, great band, great band. Uh, In the, um, I guess, uh, late 80s, early 90s, I was in a band called Your Mother from um, Queens, New York, and uh, we were friends with them, and they brought us out on the road to do some shows and open up for them. And I became really good friends with uh, Ray West, the singer. We were like a brother from another mother. We really clicked. And um, Spread Eagle disbanded, and um, as well as uh, the band I was in. And we all went our separate ways. And the bass, a bass player friend of mine... Um, started playing and putting together a band called Girls of Porn with the singer from um, um, Spadigo, Mr. West. And uh, they um, were looking for a drummer. And Ray's like, oh, I know this guy, Rick. And out of the blue, after many, many years of not speaking with him, we all lost contact, uh, I got a phone call from him. And it was so great to hear from him. And he said, "Yeah, I'm putting this together, this this band together. Would you would you be interested in coming down and auditioning?" And he's a great singer, great frontman, and I was more than happy to come in. And uh, we went into a, a, a studio in Brooklyn and had an audition. And uh, I had the audition rather, and I went in. And we started just improving on some some music, and uh, it was ironic that I broke a bass drum head. And they're like, you got the gig. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Kind of interesting. This guy hits, you know, he hits so hard he broke a bass drum head, which I don't know anyone else who's ever broke a bass drum head. Yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty neat that that happened that way. And um, we did some touring, and uh, it was great. We uh, did some recording um, with this great producer, Ron St. Germain, who's done everybody from um, 311, The Creed, Tool, um, Aretha Franklin, you name it, he's done it. Um, and we did a, an EP with him, and uh, the band uh, disbanded after some time. Ray wanted to go and do a different type of style of music, and he relocated from um, Brooklyn down to Florida. And um, we we haven't talked in many, many years. And uh, Spread Eagle did a reunion tour, and they had... Um, John Macaluso do some drumming on that tour who recorded the second album as well as Tommy Price and um, Chris Caffrey on guitar and of course Rob DeLuca, the original bass player and they went out and and did a tour and um, after that they took a little hiatus um, from playing and um, Rob DeLuca was playing with Sebastian Bach and UFO and did some touring with that 
And about a year ago, they uh, decided to do um, another a reunion tour. And um, I got a phone call from Ray um, stating if I was, would be interested. And I loved the music, and I jumped on it in a heartbeat. And we got together and played, and it, um, it just gelled. Um, we pulled in this guitar player, um, Dennis Kimak, who is unbelievable guitar player. He shreds. Just really great player. And instead of it becoming a reunion tour, it wound up being the band reincarnated. So um, we're booking shows right now. We're in pre-production um, to do a third Spread Eagle album. And um, we're in the midst of writing at this present time, as well as with Rob DeLuca's other band that I'm in called Of Earth. So I got, we got two projects, both of us, together um, doing pre-production at the same time. I don't know if the albums will be finished. I guess it all depends on how the songs, you know, come up and um, in a timeline. And, and we'll take it from there. And right now we're, we're working on setting up um, some European and... Um, U.S. festivals, as well as um, doing a tour with Warrior Soul. Um, cool. We'll probably set up some stuff with them for about um, probably about three weeks to a month here in the states. Probably at the end of August. Excellent. And you know what? I, I got two things. When I first came back from Berkeley and I moved to New York, my first job for three days was was working in the mailroom at MCA Records, and they they uh, gave me the Spread Eagle cassette as like a little oh. gift. Yeah, so that was a cool thing. But what I wanted to say is I think it's great that like out of all the different people that I met at Berkeley, they're all all great guys and all all became great, you know, lifelong friends, but including Mark, you know, my co-host here, but um I think it's great that you always stuck to playing drums and playing other instruments and, and stuck in the music business because I, I know a lot of people who went up to Berkeley and they could have been killer musicians, but they kind of got out of it after college. And, you know, how did you uh, find it to stay in music, I, which I, as I think what everybody who has a music, you know, education should do, how did you wind up making that happen? You know, I, I think it's one of those things um, that, some people choose to do it, and some people are born to do it. They have no choice. Right. And for my for myself, I have no choice. It's who I am. You know, um, I started guitar when I was six. I played for about a year. My mother made, made me take some lessons, and it was the Mary Had a Little Lamb and reading the notes, and I, I, I didn't really get a grasp on it, you know, and I got into Little League. And um, my brother turned me on the Kiss when I was about uh, seven, eight years old. It was he was the Kiss was on the Paul Lynn uh, Halloween special, and I saw that. He's like, "Oh, great band! You got to see this!" And I saw it, and I was really attracted to it. And when I was nine, my mother took me to see Kiss live. That's from cool. There on, from there on in, when I saw that spectacle, um, twenty thousand people, this loud and music and explosions and the costumes, everything from the production to the music. I, it was just a calling. It was from there on in, I knew that's what I wanted to do. It was like, there was no if, ands, or buts. It was, that's it. <laughs> so from there on in, it was take private lessons, get together with kids in high school, and said, of course, the drummer, everybody comes to the drummer's basement to play because there's too much gear to move. <laughs> um, God bless my mother for dealing with so many years of that. And it was all about that high school jazz band, the marching band, the concert band, and just really sucking as much 
um, of it in as I could. You know, all styles of music. Of course, I gravitated towards the hard rock and heavy metal. And then, um, you know, when I uh, when I was about sixteen or seventeen, um, I really got into some guitar and I started taking lessons there. And I informed my teacher that I wanted to go to Berkeley, and he's like, "Oh, you need to learn some of this theory stuff." And I, I didn't know what the hell that meant. I just lied on my uh, Berkeley application. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But there was a, a lot of things I said I knew that I didn't, despite the fact that I took lessons for, you know, my entire pretty much life. I, I started taking organ lessons in first grade, and then my dad is a guitar player, so he, you know, got me started on guitar when I, I think in fifth grade, but I and I started drums in third grade. So, you know, but the, I still didn't know what modes were and stuff like that, and I think I just put, like, you know, it said, like, one to ten, what do you know about modes? And it would be like, ten, I didn't even know what a mode was, but, uh, you know, I made it through... I take my way through that stuff as well, man. Yeah. When I got to those placement exams, they were like, uh, sing? I was like, sing? Right. <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? I know. I, that was a scary day, that, that first audition day. I think they called it an audition day. Hey, by the way, did you see those pictures on Facebook that I think it was yes. Brian Strawn uh, yes. put on Facebook? Yeah, those were awesome. So, oh, oh, John, those brought back so many memories, and and just, I mean, I really gravitated to, uh, towards you when we were up there. Um, Excellent, thanks. You, Me too. Because because of, of that kiss bond, as well as drummers really bonded. Um, yeah, no together. doubt. And um, and you play guitar as well, and right. you play fat, um, great back then. I can imagine now, you know. Well, thanks, Rick. You're very welcome because you know you're a big Ace fan, and as well as myself, and a big Kiss fan, and we just really clicked, man. It was, it's been a long time. I mean, we've talked over the years, but it, it was great to get a phone call from you. You know, absolutely. Well, welcome. you got to come in and hang out sometime with us. You know, when you're in the city, I know you had rehearsals tonight, or else you would have been here. And uh, some of our listeners might not realize that, like where you're at in Long Island, is pretty far. You know, even though it's in New York, it's pretty far away from the city where we're at, and there's no way you could have made your rehearsals and been at the, you know, here in the studio. I'm about 100 miles, and I I, I do the the trip in about four to to six nights, depending a week, you know. Wow, and that's a lot of traveling, yeah. It is, but that's what it's about, you know. That's what they call paying your dues, and you you get like three hours of sleep, and you got a part time day gig, and you know it's it's really about for the love of it, you know, because there's no better high, you know. There's really no better high for me personally than getting on my instrument playing, especially playing in front of people. You know, it's there's just something about it, you know, that it's just indescribable. No doubt, know? Rick. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to hear a little bit of Spread Eagle. And, uh, awesome. And then what I want to do is invite you back. And sometime when we do this again, you got to come into the city or we'll just go out to some bar and hang out and do a podcast. And uh, we definitely yeah, got to do some hanging. I'd love to. I'd love to. You know, we could schedule something. I'll, I'll pull in Ray West, and we can have a blast together. Uh, that'd be great. That'd be totally cool. And, Rick, before we play the song, can we get a Talking Metal ID? Say your name and who you're from, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Sure, I'd love to. You just let me know when you'd like me to shoot it. Okay, go for it, and then we're going to go right into Switchblade Serenade by Spread Eagle. And, Rick, I'll give you a call in a day or so, and we'll touch base and set something up. Sounds good. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks hey, for coming. Thank you for coming on, and uh, go for it. Awesome.
Hi, my name is Rick DeLuca, the drummer for Spread Eagle, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Thanks a lot, Rick. You're very welcome.
We are approximately 26 minutes into the 9 o'clock hour. The temperature is something degrees and it's kind of rainy outside. This is Talking Metal Live. Or podcast. Great uh, <laughs> interview there, John, with, uh, Thank with you. Rick, your your buddy from Berkeley, who you've reconnected with and is now playing with the great Spread Eagle. What a great song that was, Switchblade yeah, Serenade. Very cool. Brought back memories. <clears throat> Just to clarify, Rick wasn't actually playing on that song. He is now in that band. Correct. And uh, best part of the interview <laughs> was when Rick goes, uh, I gravitated towards people like you. And John says, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant was that I gravitated towards people like Rick. Oh, I, I thought you meant that you were just uh, yeah, no, you know, totally into, into myself. Yeah. No, no. I, I meant that I gravitated to other drummer, guitar playing Kiss fans, like right. uh, and Ace fans. And, you know, what a stretch. Yeah. There's some funny photos on Facebook that my good friend Brian Strawn, uh, also a drummer from Berkeley, and I believe he did have the Fraley's Comet uh, cassette in his collection, uh, posted. And there were some, some definitely, uh, you know, I would say possibly embarrassing, you know, looks uh, that I had back in those days because, you know, I had like that... I went to Berkeley with like the Bon Jovi wannabe, like right. I call it an Afro. Um, and uh, oh, there were a couple of couple of decent looks I think I had, but then there was the one where I had the hair weave and and that that you was had a, little, a hair weave. Yeah, for a little while I had a hair weave and um, not the hair on top weave, which right. is what I'll be needing shortly, <laughs> but the the long hair in the back weave kind right. of a thing. Like because right. I had long hair, but I I but, you know dyed it and permed it so much or did all kind of screwy things with it that it started to fall off, and wow. so then I got like a hair weave for a short time. Yep. So uh, I guess it was, if you're listening to the live show earlier, we were talking about Revolver Magazine. If you are listening to the podcast in the last episode, we were talking about Revolver Magazine. They are uh, obsessed with this chick from uh, Gossip Girl, Taylor Momsen, I guess her name That's is. That's how I yeah. pronounce it. That may not be the correct pronunciation. Who, who looks, uh, who I, is apparently is only 17 and looks like she's, uh, I don't know. Already, already wasted, but it could just be a manufactured look. Um, yeah. I'm curious because I've been, I keep hearing in this, this goofy mag or nice are magazine. You accusing her of underage drinking? Revolver, <laughs> possibly. Revolver magazine. Uh, it keeps talking about her band, so um, I just wanted to listen to it. Let's uh, if we could keep the mics on, JD, and just uh, just check out what this band actually sounds like. I've never actually seen Gossip Girl. Have you, have you, John? No, I have not. Liars. Both yeah. of you liars. I, I, I haven't seen it. I've been watching Game of uh, Thrones, which is pretty good. Sounds like a makeup let's commercial. See what happens yeah. to, let's see what happens in the chorus if she kind of screams it out a little bit. Still very original, very original stuff. Yeah. I, I was expecting a little more aggression yeah, or something, I was like a little, screaming, a little like more uh, in this moment stuff. Yeah. All right. 
Well, whatever. Well, it's like uh, it's not as bad as, as I was expecting. It's, it's not. It's, it's nothing. I mean, I guess you know what? I'm sure she helps sell magazines. So you, you know that's. Speaking of uh, that's off the new album. Look at me, Daddy. <laughs> that psychologically probably Miss nothing what that was caused called. her to basically uh, the same. That's that. the same thing. And the, and the band is the pretty reckless. If you're interested, the album "Light Me Up." So leave it to me to find. Um, Born in 1983. This oh, jeez. Yeah, uh, we were already. <laughs> yeah, I was like going to see Kiss at Lick It Up tour, and that was '84. Uh, yeah, actually. I, I it was in ninth was, grade. I lived in Hope. I guess in '83 I lived in Hoboken. '83? Uh, no, '93. No, '93. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. born in '93. Yeah, 93. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in '93. We were. Did I say '83? Yeah, '93. Yeah, she's 17. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 93, I was already in New York. And I've got DWIs older than that. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, on the same page with Taylor Momsen, there is a picture of her with Jenna Hayes. This is in is the a, new issue of Revolver yeah, Jenna magazine. Hayes, which I don't know if I got this, and why wouldn't I have gotten it? Because did you actually subscribe to Revolver? I don't think so, but because, maybe. Because, you know, we're friends with those guys. But yeah, I think it's a I think it's a comp uh, subscription, I guess. Yeah. Now, I, I get it, too, but I don't think I got this issue yet. But anyway. Um, maybe they think you guys live together like yeah. Ernie and Bert. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it just came yesterday. Oh, okay, so, so maybe I got today. it. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jenna Hayes, uh, porn star. And then um, there's a little picture of Wayne Static with his wife, Tara Ray. W-R-A-Y, also a porn star. And guess who edited a movie with her in it? Somebody associated to Talking Movie. Metal. Who? Talking Movie. Jay Bones. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Jay Bones has done a lot of work uh, editing uh, lots of cool things, and uh, one which included Tara Ray. Very good. And you, you just accidentally said talking movies. Uh, there is a there is a podcast that has ripped uh -oh. us off. Either Jeez. talking movies or talking television. I believe it's talking wow. television. A direct rip off of talking, talking metal. metal. No and doubt. they become quite popular actually. See, so. that's one of those things where people are thinking they might be going to something associated with talking metal yeah. or talking rock. No, and then it's just the thieves are out there. Everybody's and, trying know, to get us. Ev everybody and, is ripped us off. Yep. And uh, I hear they eat pizza as well. Uh, yeah, they, they do. If, if they you're pizza on tell the weird stories about their childhood you know, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you talk about childhood, you drink beer, you do anything on location, you're ripping us off. And uh, you know who definitely I think got that part of his idea for a show from us? Who? Mike Huckabee. <laughs> I swear to God, at the end of every Huckabee show, there's a jam. Pizza. There's a jam. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Mike Huckabee has a show on the Fox News channel. At the end of every show, he picks up the bass guitar and he goes and jams. And all the rest I did of the not band. Know he did that. Wow. Yeah, maybe, all the, maybe, all, maybe you're right. I swear to God, all the band or like people who work at Fox News, like if like the uh, religion Bumble, recorder. Bumblefoot was on that show, wasn't yeah. he? he? Bumblefoot was on Hannity. Um, oh, I was just kidding. I, yeah, he, I, Bumblefoot I, was uh, on the panel on Hannity once, but uh, which I'm sure they got the idea from Talking, talking metal. metal. Yeah, they got that on one the from show, Talking yeah. Metal. But and and like Ted Nugent went up and jam with him right. the other day, and like he he has like like a famous band come in and he'll jam with the band just mm -hmm. like we do on Talking Metal. So Huckabee, 
I what would think the world do without us? An idea from us, and and you know, Huckabee, he's a cool bass player, man. He's a good bass player, yeah. but uh, he might be as uh, influenced by Talking Metal, that's, without that's, a doubt. Yeah. Did, he, did he buy one of the T-shirts? That's yeah, where the I, double XL went. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, not to get into politics. I, I'm I'm just commenting solely on the musicianship. Right, right. Anyways, um, I, I tell you, I don't know how these people do three hours. I'm like, I'm so freaking tired. I'm getting right my now. second wind actually oh, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Let's so go for tired, another three. Wanna, you want to play some more music and then come back? and Yeah. Why don't we play a couple more songs uh, and then we come back? Oh, I just got a text message. Let's see who this is from. This is this is great. If you didn't listen to Hour 2, please check it out. <laughs> Download it now on iTunes or at the Talking Metal site. Yeah. Um, hour 2 is just like this. Let's, uh, you know, um, Lita Ford recently uh, going through a, a separation divorce. Uh, yes. And it's amazing how some of these people go through a, um, a separation and divorce and suddenly they get hot again. Yeah, Lita Ford. I met her down in Florida. Yeah, I saw her a few years ago, like looking not so good. But recently, I swear she, I don't know if she's had a little uh, touch-ups done or hmm. lost some weight or something, but she's actually she's actually looking pretty good lately. Oh, yeah. I, I just saw her in October, I think it was. Maybe it was even more recent than that. And, uh, you know, she she looked great. And she said she wanted to come on Talking Metal. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. so we, we can get her. A, we did at one time. single. Lita yeah. Ford on we, Talking we Metal. We did at one time have an offer out to her to come on, and she uh, it didn't come through. Oh, okay. That well, may she... have been on my end. Huh. But uh, if you have contact info, definitely would love to give it her. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I, I can send her an email. And, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk some metal with Lita Ford right now. Let's get into "Gotta Let Go" by Lita Ford, and we'll follow that up with the Poodles. Metal will stand tall. Gotta let go, Lita Ford. Here on Talking Metal. <laughs>
mysterious and glorious. We bunch and bunch and bunch of tourists on here. We speed at night, move out of sight, we break our chains. Oh, we break our chains. Oh, yeah. This is Talking Metal Live. Here's Mark and John with a serious topic. Yeah, first, you just heard Lita Ford followed by the Poodles. We were just talking about the HBO Lady Gaga special, and I swear to God, we're watching this at home the other day, and we had some some guests over, and I'm in the other room, and everybody's screaming at the television during the guitar player's solo, and I walk in there, and they are like, He's doing astronomy. I'm watching this on HBO, and sure enough, he had your exact helmet on, doing the exact. I mean, not notes weren't the exact you know thing that you play, but he had totally. It almost appeared ripped off your look. And I said to them, I said, "You won't believe this, but um, astronomy actually gives this. You know, works with this guy and gives him guitars. Uh, is this true?" Yeah. Um 
Uh, his name is Kareem. Well, I haven't seen the special yet, so I'm really curious now. But uh, there's a guy. His name is Kareem Devlin. Very, very cool guy. Um, and uh, I, I work with him through uh, the work that I do with Gibson Guitars, and uh, helped him get like a really killer three pickup uh, white Les Paul custom that says Les Paul Jesus up on the top, which is what uh, Gaga calls uh, Kareem, and um, Jesus. And uh, he's a really cool dude, and we've always talked about, you know, guitars and hanging out and stuff. And uh, I haven't actually been to one of the shows, and uh, I know that Jim has went down and, and saw the shows through Kareem and Ricky, who also is involved with the group. And, um, boy, I'm... I'm not surprised, but uh, it just shows that like stuff that we did back in the day, uh, you know, people are, you know, going for it. And I mean, I was joking, kind of half joking about the Huckabee thing, although I do think there's a good chance that somebody over that. Yeah, maybe not him personally, but yeah. like a producer or something for right. sure. Right. So, saw, saw Talking Metal and did it. But, you know, I'll tell you the truth. When I see guitar players in, in silver suits with, you know, motorcycle helmets and space helmets on. I just can't help but think that that's something that they got from astronomy. To everyone yeah. listening, visit visit astronomy's website or seek some old footage out on, on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I'm trying to find a uh, clip on uh, YouTube right now, actually. Yeah, and, if, you, uh, if you type up astronomy. Sit Lady Gaga show, if you dare, yeah. and match up the uh, ripoff. Right, if you type in astronomy guitar solo in yeah, YouTube, you'll get one. Astronomy guitar solo. Let's see what this is. Uh, uh, I don't know if we have the volume coming out of my computer, but um, maybe we could. Yeah, here we go. Let's try it. Could you turn that? The, you got it up? Oh, oh, I got it on mute in my computer. There you go. Um, but yeah. Yeah, this is a clip. Um, That's Mark Tuckett. On lead guitar. Yeah, I'm looking at this clip now on YouTube. And what's crazy is, like, we've had, like, you know, this is, yeah, man, the look is, is exactly what this guy on the HBO Lady Gaga special does. I'm not sure if he's playing a V, but he has your exact helmet on. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. And what's crazy about this clip on YouTube is this is just John, basically. It's called Talking Metal John Astronomy Guitar Solo. Uh, from years ago, probably before Talking Metal actually even existed. Yeah. Um, this is you playing a guitar solo at Don Hills, and it has close to 2,000 views. Now, for example, our clips with, um, let's see, like uh, Yannick from Iron Maiden has you know, 6,000 views. But you think about it, that's like kind of crazy. Iron Maiden gets 6,000 views and, and astronomy has 2,000. Right. Bobby Blitz only has 762, you know. Yeah. I, why, <laughs> so so I feel like maybe the astronomy guitar solo with the helmet is uh, is maybe more known than, than we actually think, you know. Well, um, I just wish that I would get, you know, the credit. You have more views than our Rob Halford interview. You're, wow. You know, so there, there you go. It's It's pretty crazy. Yeah, man, the Gaga fans are uh, going to be knocking soon. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. They they should bring me out and like let me do something with the band. There you go. There you go. And I will forgive <laughs> and forget. <laughs> no, you know I don't. I'm you know. Hey, you know everything. A lot of stuff I do is influenced by other people. So I I wouldn't be mad at them. I just would love it if. Uh, you know, they said, hey, man, we got this look from astronomy or, you know, maybe we got a special guest tonight. Lady Gaga tour astronomy. 
astronomy. Yeah, wouldn't definitely. that be cool? Yeah, that would be cool. You and Ace, man. <clears throat> yeah, you or know, just you. You don't need Ace. Hey, I'll put on that spacesuit anytime. You know, for any famous bands like you know that are really famous like Kesha or Lady Gaga Kesha actually on Saturday Night Live did I cannot say Saturday Night Live did something similar as well and uh, she had some people looking like astronomy with silver suits and helmets and uh, yeah never never underestimate the influence of astronomy Astronomy. I know it's true it's it's a fact yeah remember that influential Influential, no doubt. Yeah. You're like the Robert Johnson of silver space. Yeah, you know, he, someday maybe he, he he coined the whole thing, but he never made any money off <laughs> yeah. it. You know. Hey man, I don't know where I got the idea, but I drew a picture of myself in 1996 or five uh, while I was over at the VH1 studio working uh, on an official break. And uh, <laughs> and uh, that became the astronomy costume and look and everything. And so, do you still have break. it? Is that you wouldn't do it on that, company? That time. was not on company time. That was during an official break. Is that drawing uh, still around? Is it in the it, astronomy it museum? It, it, I bet I do have it. Maybe or it was astronomy even museum. Yes, <laughs> it, it it was. Uh, I'm gonna go look for that. In put my, that on the website, will you? Yeah. If I can find Proof. that old picture, I will put that up. And uh, you know, I was. In the silver suit with the platform shoes, and you know, I just thought, how cool would it be to be wearing a, a space helmet? And I, I went and found a motorcycle helmet that, to me, looked like a space helmet, and I got a silver mirror to go in, you know, in the front, and uh, that was that. And all I can say is, uh, who's the what's the guitar player's name? Kareem Devlin. You may get a knock at your door soon, sir, and you will have been served. <laughs> yeah. No, Kareem, we're Jacobi just kidding around. Jacoby and Myers like, are going to be coming down your, <laughs> down your driveway. Kareem, you just, I, I, Kareem, I think, is a killer cool dude, um, but I think that it would be great to uh, get up on stage with Lady Gaga. And come there you out go. I, 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 hey, astronomy only fair. It's great. only fair. Right. It's only fair. No doubt. Yeah. There you go. Get on the stage with no doubt also. Yes. Yeah, yeah they, Anybody. I'm sure, copied us. Um Smashing Pumpkins guy copied us. <laughs> no, no. What? How did he? Uh, yeah, I was wearing silver pants in the Roy's baby gig and a shirt that said, I, "Honest to God, guys, you can you can find this on YouTube." Uh, first Roy's baby gig in Hoboken. I'm wearing silver pants and I, I had a custom made shirt that was black with stars on it that said '77. And then the next thing you know, he's got that silver pants with that zero shirt with a star on it. Yeah. He must have I had a swear spy. To God. One of the ten people at that gig must have yeah. been a smashing. Person. I swear to God, spy. the I whole had, world is watching. I mean, how nutty is that? My shirt was custom made. It had two sevens, and inside the sevens were silver stars. And then he's got a black shirt with the word zero. And in a star and silver pants. You, you might be, maybe a, a whole bunch of astronomers have been studying you, <laughs> yes. studying you for years. They, the science copied me too. Who else copied me? <laughs> Lots of people copied me. Um, Joan Rivers, the Huckabee, Joan Huckabee. Rivers. I do think that song by uh, what's that band with the guy from Raging Guns Machine and Chris Cornell? Uh, Audio Slave. Yeah, Audio Slave. That one tune might be copied off of Moongate. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. And what listen song to this. I swear to God, I probably never even told you about this. And guys, I'm I'm half kidding about this, but uh, only half kidding. You know my favorite group, Ramstein. Yes. Uh, Richard uh, ZK, who is like one of the coolest guitar players, went to his uh, place in the city, his studio. He's got this amazing place. Great guy. 
prior to me going there, uh, the reason I went there was to interview him about his solo project, Emigrate. And I swear to God that his first single, which is called My World, is a copy of And You Lied. I'm not even kidding. The and you guys don't the listeners do not know what yeah, Anulide is. Yeah, but the thing with Anulide that was a was, copy. Yeah, of this was a tune. song that John and I wrote, and we actually ended up recording it, and it actually sounded freaking phenomenal. I wish I would have never sold that Laney that I used to record that. But, oh yeah, I know. But um, we get, I got that's still in cassette. I haven't gotten that we transferred gotta, to digital. We got to get that transferred that. to digital. But anyways, we ended up leaving that off our original demo because it, the melody line was too close to, to Stone, uh, Stone Temple Pilot song. song. Yeah, but um, yeah. So. Here's the thing, though. Here's what makes that me think that that kind of was influenced by us, possibly. If not, was just a striking coincidence. Is that the the, the initial riff was very close. The pace of the song was very close. The The vocal line was close. And then what even gets me even more is, you remember I played the guitar solo in there and it was just sort of like a noisy right. kind of a thing? I swear to God, if you listen to this Emigrate song, you'll be like, man, that is strikingly similar. Now, uh -huh. do I think the Emigrate, you know, my favorite guitarist, Richard C.K., uh, heard our unreleased tune uh no but i don't know did we ever release that at all no, no. We it, would, it would okay. be virtually impossible yeah unless so then, he was an astronomer yes. who wore a silver helmet and was one of the 2000 studying you on correct YouTube. Yeah. yeah you know what i i realized yeah, well, that it, song wasn't even on yeah YouTube, so that yeah. that song was never released then i anyways, guess we got to wrap psychic. things up guys okay. um thanks for joining psychic us theft. on talking that metal. was psychic stuff yeah psychic theft. aliens <laughs> have you know that song might have been copied by aliens <laughs> and then they brought it back down and and gave it to richard ck all i gotta say is astronomy is back in rare form on talking Metal. yeah if this is not what you guys want go to let the pros and cons let section us, of the, yeah, talking metal forums i think Hour this is exactly is really uh, exactly what the what doctor ordered yeah yeah uh, astronomy slightly buzzed slightly, no no oh, no, no i haven't i'm not okay. no this is just my I, I swear to god guys i, I am not I, i'm just not in the mood for the partying kind of a thing today right. no, um I'm, we'll I'm, edit that out of the podcast yeah i for guys if you haven't heard this, uh, which I don't think I've told you, um, I'm actually a little bit sad because uh, of all odd things, my MacBook Air sl slipped out of my bag, which how weird is that, and fell down onto the New York street and it got some nicks on it. And uh, thank God it's not broken. But, uh, you know, when you get something brand new, you, you want it to be nice. And just yeah. like when I got my droid phone and I got my first you know, I dropped that. You know, I was was upset, and but I'm I'm actually more upset that I dropped like a really expensive Mac computer. And I actually didn't drop it. It wasn't my fault. I was getting out of a cab, and the cab was uh, one of those SUV kind of cabs, and right. so I had to kind of like, you know, lean down to get out. And when I leaned down, nothing else came out of my bag. But it's a new bag, and that MacBook Air slipped right out. It only Sucks. weighs like two pounds. Very strange. I was coming here, and uh, I saw the guitar player from Lady Gaga drop his computer. Yeah, yeah there you go. He copied me. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. This so, is Junior's Eyes. It's an old Black Sabbath classic. Not even a classic. More of a, a kind of off the beating beating track. Off the beaten talk. path. Off the, thank you, thank you. Off the beaten path. I didn't mean to uh, no, I'm, butt I'm in, but I just wanted to show tired. people that uh, I, I want to go on record. Man. I am not partying today at yeah. all. Okay. Uh, Junior's Eyes, the great Black Sabbath classic, maybe not classic, off of Never Say Die. 
This is a cover by Zach Wilde and the guys in Black Label Society. Sounds great. We wrap it up on iTunes. We're done. Yep. Hey, I got one more comment. Um, but now take your time. (laughs) You know Nick Cadenese from Black Label. Yeah, yeah. Remember he was in a band with the guy from Queensrÿche. Yeah, they ripped you off. No, uh, (laughs) the drummer of his band, uh, Double Drive, is now who became the drummer of Double Drive, who became the drummer of Speed X, which was the project with Nick Cadenese and uh, the guy from Queensrÿche, uh, is now the drummer of Black Label. His oh, name is cool. Mike Froge. Cool. We were trying to figure that yeah, out so earlier. I, I, yeah. This is all off the top of my head, but uh, I've now put two and two together and uh, have corrected that uh, factual, uh, whatever you would call it. So anyway. Well, that about wraps it up for this us. This is yeah, Junior's Eyes by Black Label Society. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining us. Email us at talkingmetal at yahoo.com. Watch the man who gave everything